Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Offering sound advice for your car, home and travel insurance needs. Well, Lisa Dwan left Ireland on a ballet scholarship when she was just 14 years old. Since then, she has shaped an extraordinary career as an actor on stage and on screen. And she's also an author and an academic. Lisa starred in Bloodlands with James Nesbitt. She played the part of Lizzie in the Netflix series Top Boy. And you've no doubt seen all the ads for her new series as Detective Fia Lucy in Blackshore, which starts next Sunday on RT1 television. And she's all over the paper today as well. Lovely cover of Life magazine in the Cindo. Lisa Dwan joins me now from London. Morning, Lisa. Good morning, Mariam. Thanks a million for having me. Uh, my absolute privilege. Listen, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good. Pretty good. Very happy to be here talking to you. Um, I'm in BBC Studios here in London. Are you excited about Blackshore? You're not living here, but there's lots of promos going out at the moment. It looks really interesting. I'm very excited. I'm really proud of this series. Um, I'm obviously a bit nervous about how it'll go down, but ultimately I feel really, really proud of the show. Um, it's an extraordinary creation by Kate O'Riordan, who wrote Smother. Irish audiences will know her, of course. Mm. Uh, but this seems like a totally different departure um, from that. It's a very original show, um, very compelling and a great part to play. It was a real privilege to be given the role. And we'll go back to that. Let's go back to Athlone, though, where you grew up, (laughs) leaving on a ballet scholarship. And I mean, for many of my listeners, they may not know, you danced with Rudolf Nureyev. How in God's (laughs) name did that happen? All I knew, you know, as a 12-year-old is that I was going to Dublin, which for me meant the metropolis of McDonald's, an opportunity to um, have a Big Mac. I didn't even know who Rudolf Nureyev was at the time, um, but I auditioned and I got cast to dance uh, alongside him for 10 days at the Point Depot in Dublin. And it was an extraordinary experience. I mean, you couldn't deny even at that age the presence of that man. You know, he arrived in a sort of military beret in a long green coat. It was just this extraordinary figure standing on the side of the stage with him tut-tutting at American dancers from the wings about their alignment. And you could tell he was just such a perfectionist in every single thing he did. And again, just this amazing commanding presence. I was a bit frightened of him at 12, but mm. um, it was an extraordinary experience, a beautiful ballet, Capella. Um, so that in itself was fun. So clearly you were a very talented, you know, ballet dancer, but you left home very young, didn't you, Lisa? Was, was the ballet world tough? Yeah, but also it was a privilege. I mean, to get to dance your way through your confused adolescence is amazing. Um, And I found it all very exotic and interesting. And I felt very spoiled to be able to pursue a passion of mine. And also I feel genuinely very lucky to have passions like that, you know, So many teenagers, I guess, are feeling apathetic and I was just very lucky to have something I could get my teeth into and wanted. And um, yeah, I felt very privileged, to be honest. Absolutely. How did you go then, Lisa, from ballet to acting? How did that transition come about? Yeah, it was bizarrely seamless. You know, I stopped dancing um, from knee injuries and I returned to Galway um, and I was walking down the street in 
King Street, I think it was, and um, someone said to me, here, you're a Dwan. You must be able to act because all my um, aunts and uncles were great in the amateur circle. And uh, I auditioned for Galway Youth Theatre and got a part. And then I was performing as Jacquees in As You Like It when an agent came down from Dublin, Anne Curtis, and uh, sent me to Dublin for three auditions. And I got all three. And one of them was an American TV series where I was the lead in um, 56 episodes of Mystic Knights of Tiernan Oak and I was a, a, a warrior princess and a Happy Meal <laughs> doll in a theme park in Florida and it was bizarre. Um, but that's how I cut my teeth in the industry. It was just by working. Um, yeah. Now this new series, Black Short, you play a detective. She returns to her home place. Your character is Fia Lucy. Before we chat about it, I want to hear just a little bit of it, and we have a little clip here which we're just going to play. Does it feel good to be home? She hasn't been home for a very long time. Are you on your own, or do you have a... Divorced. I know it must be hard being back, you know, but... Why aren't you ahead? Are you lazy or just incompetent? You're just arrogant or plain rude. Good question. Are you just arrogant or plain rude? <laughs> she comes across as a bit mean in that clip. I think she's just a bit defensive. Okay. You know, she's coming home with a gaping wound and um, he's kind of trespassing over, played brilliantly by Rory Keenan. Absolutely. Now, you told initially, didn't you, a little bit of a fib to get the part. You told them oh. you could drive. <laughs> <laughs> which was a, a potential bump in the road, so to speak. Um, yeah, like I, I look, I really wanted this part more than anything else I'd read on the page. It was, it's an extraordinary script. I read it in one sitting from beginning to end and I, I, I turned to my partner and I went, oh dear. And he went, what? And I went, I really want this. Um, and you're so used to protecting yourself with disappointments in our profession. Mm -hmm. um, so I put myself on tape and they put me out of my misery pretty quickly and let me know that I got the part. And then the director said, you do drive, don't you, Lisa? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 I drive. And then my agent a few hours later said, you do have a valid driving license, don't you, Lisa? And I went, well, I will have by Monday. And that gave me two and a half weeks from not driving at all to passing my test. So I did four hour driving lessons a day and somehow managed to get a test on the Thursday. And I was filming on the Monday and I passed my test. Well done you. It just shows if you really want something, you know, you can do at least so. The last time we spoke, actually, you were kind of moving between New York and London. I know you're based in London because yeah. since then you have a little girl, Luna, who I know was shooting with you and Killaloo on this series. That's right. That's so nice. tell me about nearly getting on a flight to New York and then changing your mind and how that really had a big impact on your life. Look, it's bizarre. I think it was the 15th of March um, 2020. And there was sheer terror everywhere. We were all going into lockdown. None of us knew what it meant. None of us knew what a pandemic meant. Um, none of us knew that we'd all need the, the masses amount of toilet paper and sourdough bread and all that kind of stuff and panic that was happening. And I was teaching in Princeton at the time in America and living halfway between London and New York. And 
I had a, a kind of dalliance that um, I was keeping in touch with and I thought that I should go back to New York and be in New York. And it was the last flight out of London before Trump's travel ban. And I'm on the plane, I'm on the runway, and this instinct took over me to get off the plane. And uh, earlier that morning, I had a phone call from a friend of mine. It's just my neighbor, a friend, Paul. And he said, "Um, I'm worried about you. How are you getting from JFK um, to where you need to be? And I said, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And he said, I'm looking at the news. It's crazy in JFK. Why don't I get you a car? And I said, well, why would you get me a car? And he said, because I think you're an amazing person. I want to make sure you're okay. And that just kind of stuck with me. Um, It wasn't the reason why I got off the plane, but I asked the air hostess, can I get my bags off the plane? She said, we're just about to push back. And I said, can I please get off the plane? And next thing I called Paul on my way back from um, in the taxi. He said, are you on the flight? And I said, no, I'm on my way back to Hampstead. Do you fancy dinner this evening? (laughs) So <laughs> we ended up going running together and swapping, you know, resources. I've got some flour. I've got some, you know, uh, milk, you know, what do you need? And and uh, we kind of went into a bubble together, Paul and his beautiful daughter, Lola, who's now my stepdaughter. And um, I guess, I don't know, <sighs> At times like this, you start to think about what's important. And I guess for the first time in my life, which is terrible to say, given, I don't know, maybe ambition or or whatever stopped me thinking about this. But virtues like kindness really started to become extremely important to me. And it was on that basis that Paul and I got together. And um, I was very lucky to live in a flat where the roof opened. So the moon played a big (laughs) part in our relationship. And... um, we call Luna Luna for that reason. Well, that's it's like a movie, actually, though. Like you're on the runway, you get off the plane. But you said it wasn't for him. Even deep down in the recesses of your mind, though, I wonder, was it about him? I, I He'll kill me for saying this, but I wasn't quite sure that he didn't kick with the other foot. I just thought he was a very kind person. So it wasn't actually. Um, So uh, like even when we were going running together in the early days, it was just friendship really, to be honest. But it was his kindness. And I remember someone saying to me years ago, and it just stuck out in my head. She said, go where it's warm, Lisa, go where it's warm. And in that moment with such kind of global terror, and I was on my own, that instinct took over to go where it was warm. Oh, I love that story. And then you end up with little Luna. You've got a beautiful stepdaughter and now you've little Luna. What was it like for you? I often think that becoming a mother. I mean, you'd have had this great career. You're known for all your Becca work. How big a change was it to have this little girl in your life? Gosh. I like I look at like some scenes in Blackshore and stuff and I don't know if it's because of exhaustion or something else but there's a stillness there that Luna has brought to me Um, and I I do look at mothers in a whole new light I think they're absolute superheroes and I look at you as a superhero given I only have one child but you know it was an extraordinary challenge Um, Luna wasn't sleeping at the time and I was up every 45 minutes and then shooting 14 hour days Um, so my director Dahi was phenomenal Um, he'd say just use it use it we'll use it we'll take care of you today and 
It was a privilege of a role. Sometimes I'm doing roles and I feel very underemployed. And this was a role where I felt so privileged to be asked to do so much. Um, so I was nearly in every scene or it felt like that. There were very long days and um, it, it was a bit of an endurance test, um, but also a, an absolute privilege. I guess the whole package, the family that I have and the support that I got, Paul was amazing and um, we had amazing local childcare as well and the whole kind of community came to help. Killaloo was amazing. Mm. People were so kind to us, you know trying to get dinners ready and stuff like that. The amazing guy called Chris Jones used to bring us food. Um, my cousin Adrian used to uh, sh shuttle people to the airport for me. And, you know, people kind of came together and helped me. It takes a village, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. <laughs> what about Ireland now, Lisa? You know, you were obviously filming here a lot in beautiful Killaloo. Do you come back here much when you're not working? Actually, somebody says... Congrats, Lisa. Athlone and Kusan, extremely proud of you. So they're still very proud of you here back home. But oh, even with funny. a little Luna, do you ever think you want to bring her back to educate here or not? Oh, it's funny, you know, I never even thought about it before. But, you know, I was doing the school tours here and it's all very competitive in North London. And for some reason, the curriculum was really jarring with me. And I, I realised how lucky we are in Ireland. Um, mm. I didn't realise how good we had it and for free. Um, so, yes, I think about it a lot. I was really pleased to spend four months there and for Luna to come out saying Mammy in the thickest Irish accent. Um, yeah, I, I do think about it a lot. My parents are there. I, I love Ireland. I think it, recently, politically and, you know, post-Brexit, Ireland has become very attractive. So who knows? I'd love to keep a little foot there and, uh, and we'll see. Well, look, Lisa Dwan, thanks so much for chatting to me again. Best of luck to you, Paul Luna. And your catch, Blackshore, is starting on Sunday night, the 4th of February at 9.30 in RT1 Television. The promos look great. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mind your 